This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, President's Day, February 21st, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The markets are closed, but the Noon Business Hour is open. So thank you for joining us on this holiday afternoon. There are some credit card fundamentals that will always apply. We'll discuss them in our next segment. Right now, the coming days will include key reports from the housing market, plus numbers on consumer income and spending. We welcome in Tom Hudson, Week Ahead columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Uh, Tom, thank you for joining us on the Noon Business Hour today. A number of reports coming out, but it also sounds like uh, you could set those numbers aside as far as market movers are concerned if Russia moves into Ukraine. Rob, it's great to be with you. I I think you're right. Uh, That kind of uncertainty just quickly grips the market. And with the kind of uncertainty that, uh, frankly, military action would present for investors, it's going to be, let's pull to the sidelines. Let's see what's actually happening here with diplomacy and uh, military activity, if there is any, and then make some decisions. I think you would see the uh, risk off trade happen very quickly, violently, in fact, and uh, a big move in energy larger than what we've already seen. And you probably see gold really begin to pick up. And then on Tuesday, the Case-Shiller Home Prices uh, Index uh, for the month of December forecast to uh, show prices up more than 18% from a year earlier. Um, it, when it comes to parsing home prices, though, I mean, it, it could be it's a real impediment uh, to those who are uh, on the housing market right now. It could be a real boon, though, to people who are selling. And uh, should you consider that net worth if you just think about uh, what your house could be uh, potentially worth on the market if you wanted to move? today? I think beyond the uh, border of uh, Ukraine and Russia and its neighbors to its north and east, this is the place that investors should be looking at is the housing market data coming in this week, the S&P Case-Shiller price data, new home sales. But I think most importantly, beginning to watch week over week, the mortgage uh, uh, application and refi numbers. This is where interest rates and inflation are meeting head on, Rob. Yes, home prices are incredibly strong, driven as much by high demand as low, 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 low supply. But with interest rates rising, the demand for borrowed money to buy real estate is going to drop off. Now, what what that is going to mean for home prices, as well as home sellers willing to put their uh, uh, homes on the market in that kind of environment, I think is a big place to watch for consumer behavior, not just expectations, but what are actually consumers deciding to do in this environment of raising interest rates, higher interest rates, and high inflation. 
And that's that brings us to Friday, which is an interesting number to me. It's the consumer sentiment figures, and of course, this is the, the, this is basically it's it's a poll. It's from the University mm-hmm. of Michigan. It's discussing how people feel about the economy. But I think what we've learned over the past six months or so is how people feel about prices and economic disruption here and there is very different compared to how they spend. Absolutely right, uh, and I think this is the. This coupled with the PCE, the uh, price consumption expenditure number that comes out on Friday as well, these two things combined, I think, can really set the market expectation for how aggressive the Federal Reserve is going to be in March and beyond when it comes to raising interest rates. Because it's not, it, it's not fighting inflation, the inflation numbers. It's really fighting inflation expectations. The consumer belief in whether or not prices are really going to continue to be uh, uh, increasing at the rate or even higher than they've experienced over the past couple of months. The Federal Reserve is very sensitive to that because they know uh, expectations really drive uh, uh, the reality of inflation. They want to tamp down on expectation and convince the markets and consumers that they've got the inflation fight. They're steeled for this inflation fight. Frankly, a lot of market participants are questioning whether or not the Federal Reserve is already behind the curve on this. But when it comes to consumers, home buyers, car buyers, folks borrowing for college or other types of uh, uh, expenditures, it's really about what that future expectation is going to be. Tom Hudson, week ahead to columnist, McClatchy Tribune News Services based in Miami. Thank you for joining us today. It promises to be a very busy week uh, as far as uh, business news is concerned and also uh, developments on the international scene. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin uh, is expected to speak to the Russian people in just a matter of minutes. Uh, If anything uh, newsworthy happens during that address, uh, we will tell you as it happens. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There are a variety of credit cards available with different rates, perks, and limits. However, there are some truths that apply universally. Let's learn more from Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Ted, thanks for joining us today. In your conversations with people as they talk about their experiences with credit cards uh, that may stretch back decades or even several generations what are some people you know regrets that people may have about uh, their early earlier life as a credit card user versus today that the hard lessons they learned along the way i think the biggest lesson is the importance of paying these bills in full and on time because credit card interest rates are really high the average is a little over 16 percent But many people are paying 20, 25, even 30 percent. So it's really important to get that right. You want to pay in full. You want to avoid interest. Otherwise, even these fancy rewards programs, they're not going to do you any good. And then what? And then on the other side of that coin, of course, there's the discussion about how if you don't pay your credit card on time and you're carrying a balance, you get swamped by interest rates. What about the other side of the people who are simply afraid to open a credit card account and then discover that that had kind of an adverse uh, impact on their credit later on? You're right. The importance of building credit is a key consideration. And in fact, experience says that there's about 50 million people in the U.S. who don't have a credit score. And that really holds them back because then it's really hard to get everything from a mortgage or an apartment lease to a car loan, a credit card, sometimes even a cell phone plan. So you want to build credit. So I 
definitely think that you should be part of the system, but tread carefully. So a good starter card is maybe something like a secured card where you put down a deposit that serves as the credit line. It's very low risk for you and the issuer, or maybe a student card. Definitely prioritize building credit and avoiding fees. And The rewards, I think, can come later on, um, but definitely joining that credit system and doing it in a cost-effective way, those are some important objectives. And to do your homework, there's you don't have to go with uh, the card that's issued by your bank or, or one that your parents may have had. It's a very competitive market, so that's a good point that you should look far and wide. In fact, the best card for you may not be from a household name at all. There are a lot of new fintech companies like Pedal and Tomo Credit that are really catering to young adults, immigrants, people that may not have traditional credit. Um, So yeah, you're not limited to just one bank or even just one card. I mean, most people have something like two, three, four cards. Um, You know, you want to build kind of slow and steady. Um, But the point is that it's a competitive marketplace and you need to figure out what works for you. It's not one size fits all. But, you know, I would say low fees, building credit, uh, maybe seeking a little bit of cash back. You know, you're not going to get rich off credit card rewards, um, but you could certainly get into trouble if you carry a balance or pay late or do something else to hurt your finances. And uh, lastly, if you're consumed by wanderlust, uh, watch out for those foreign transaction fees. Ted Rossman, industry analyst, creditcards.com, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, some companies taking a serious look at the four-day work week. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The pandemic and the great resignation are forcing employers to re-examine the workplace, including the makeup of the work week. We're joined by Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago Jogs jobs expert Robert Half in Chicago. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. Well, we've had one major innovation from the pandemic, and that is working from home. And that went from being a uh, public health necessity to a perk. And it seems now the uh, with the, the, the marketplace, the labor marketplace being so tight, uh, workers can negotiate an extra day off and uh, start uh, uh, conducting their professional life on the Johnny Carson plan. <laughs> Definitely. Um, You know, this flexibility has turned into, you know, flexible work schedules, not just work from home or work from the office. And yes, many companies are looking at it is a four day work week, you know, an option. Now, after World War II, kind of the the modern day workflow was invented. The interstate highway system came in. People could live in the suburbs. They get in their car. They get on the train. They go downtown at nine o'clock. They leave at five and go home. And that was that was kind of a, an, an innovation that was developed by the last global crisis nearly seventy years ago. As we're coming off another global crisis, is it pretty obvious at this point that uh, the working model is uh, being reinvented? for the 21st century? Yeah, absolutely. You know, companies are being very flexible about, you know, days of the week, um, hours of the day. Uh, You know, I actually just spoke with a client who said that they give every employee two hours off on Friday to do however they please, go to lunch, take a yoga class. You know, they're just very concerned about people's mental health and well-being. 
And from a business standpoint, though, obviously you want to attract and retain the best talent. Uh, and hopefully, if you're the employer, uh, they are giving you 110% during the four days a week in which they work. But at what point does the HR department or does the CFO say, come on, guys, we're paying for a lot of ridiculous, extraneous stuff here, and it's not very productive? Yeah, I think exactly what you say. At the point that you realize that employee engagement or employee productivity is not as strong or better prior to kind of the flexible work schedule, then you have to evaluate, you know, is it really the right solution? You know, the one thing we're learning is there is no one size fits all for every company. And you know your staff the best and the work levels that you need to produce. And so I guess, you know, working with your employees, you have to build a schedule that works best for them, but also still best for you to, to, at the end of the day, you know, hit your work goals. As someone who may be listening to this and goes, well, maybe I should negotiate that Friday off or that Monday off. Uh, Is this the time to do it? And uh, how long will that window remain open? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's an extremely competitive, tight Uh, labor market. And so employees have more flexibility than ever to ask for benefits like this. They should definitely do so on the front end um, versus, you know, after they've landed the job. But, you know, we don't know how much longer this will remain. What we're hearing from most of our clients is that most see us never going back to a five-day in-the-office work week like we live today. So, you know, I say, you know, make it your best shot and ask while you can. Thanks for joining us, Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half, based in Chicago. Still ahead, a couple of investing ideas from our Monday stock picker. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Members of the United Nations Security Council gather to discuss Russia's possible invasion of Ukraine. The latest coming up next in a special report from CBS News. The situation in Ukraine highlighting fears over widespread Russian-backed cybercrime. And at Stock Picker Monday, we'll get a pair of suggestions from a money pro business. The markets are closed today. 
for the President's Day holiday. They will reopen tomorrow. AccuWeather says the uh, dense fog is starting to burn off in uh, northwest Indiana and in south of Chicago. Mainly cloudy skies today, a high of 46. There are some peaks of sunshine, however. Temperatures near 40 along the lakefront, 41 degrees now at 1231. CBS News special report. The Kremlin says Russian President Putin will recognize Ukraine rebel territories as independent. He told world leaders in a call today he will sign a decree on eastern Ukraine regions sometime today. British Defense Minister Ben Wallace. We should be under no illusion. The Russian forces have now massed on Ukraine's borders 65% of all their land combat power. President Biden has agreed in principle to meet with Putin under one stipulation. Journalist Dmitry Yurovsky. He said that he's uh, ready and eager to meet Putin, wants to hold talks with him, but only uh, if Russia does not invade uh, Ukraine. CBS News foreign affairs analyst Pamela Falk. The UN Human Rights Office said that the situation on the ground has begun to deteriorate with increasing human rights risks and they called for a de-escalation of tensions and a turn to diplomacy and good faith dialogue. CBS News special report. I'm Matt Piper. The Chicago area's significant ties to Ukraine and reaction to the threat of an attack by Russia is featured in the latest edition of the WBBM In-Death podcast You'll find our expanded coverage on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Markets are closed at observance of President's Day. Let's take some time to see where things stand and what may lie ahead with Jay Maywad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Jim, thanks for joining us today. It appears it appears more and more likely that a uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine is going to happen, and that despite the uh, efforts at diplomacy, uh, the Russian government is determined to uh, make this invasion occur. And outside of the tremendous uh, human loss that this invasion is going to incur, uh, it is going to disrupt the world from several angles, uh, beginning with the impact on the energy supply. And that is because a lot of uh, pipelines from Russia move through Ukraine on their way to Europe. So let's begin with the immediate disruption of the energy supply. Uh, We're prepared now for uh, oil to top $100 a barrel. That will definitely have an impact on gas prices in this country. Uh, Is that the kind of thing that's going to have, is going to be a temporary uh, jump in prices, or is this going to be sustained for several months uh, while the crisis continues? Well, it depends how long the conflict uh, uh, the conflict lasts. It is it is a highly stagflationary event because it drives up uh, it drives up the critical key prices. Not only oil, but many grains and foodstuffs are exported through the uh, the Baltic Sea, uh, and that could get disruptive. So, not it, not only does it increase prices, but it it reduces demand because fewer people can afford the um, uh, the increased prices. And in addition, to the extent there's sustained conflict. It may end up uh, dampening consumer spending and uh, and business spending. So there's no way to spin this other than bad. And some of that disruption in the uh, in, in the food market already happening uh, because you do have some uh, cargo ships that carry uh, grain from the uh, grain terminals in Ukraine, uh, not going near the country because of Russian military drills or Russian Navy drills that are taking place in the waters off of Ukraine. So that disruption is already happening. But you mentioned the word stagflation, which is a word from the 1970s and early 1980s, which was kicked off 
1973 with the uh, Arab oil embargo on the United States, even though this was almost 50 years ago and the many people weren't even born when this happened and their parents were kids when this happened, uh, it, it casts a long shadow over the American economy and over fiscal policy. Yes, absolutely. And it makes the Fed's job much harder because the Fed now is committed to controlling what has become uh, intolerable inflation that they can't, cannot let persist because it'll, it'll uh, uh, evolve into a spiral, uh, which has devastating effects on the economy and the uh, uh, financial markets. So the Fed has to increase interest rates. And the question becomes, is it going to be increasing interest rates into a slowing economy? Uh, and we're not going to know that for a while. So I have to say that the financial markets have a long hill to climb, and you're not going to have clarity until um, uh, the spring or summer till we see how Ukraine uh, uh, pans out, uh, whether inflation starts to peak and come down, does, does uh, Ukraine uh, exacerb- exacerbate inflation? And uh, then as they raise interest rates, uh, do we start to see a softening in the economy? So uh, you mentioned at the outset there was a lot of fog in Chicago today. There's a lot of fog in the atmosphere surrounding the financial markets at this time. We, knew, we know we had a good fourth quarter in terms of earnings, but the forward-looking uh, 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 is, is murky. The, the good news is we're going into it at, at a good level of growth, but that could dissipate with increased interest rates and shortages uh, of energy and other commodities. On Friday, there was another uh, major sell-off uh, heading into the weekend, and the tensions over Russia and Ukraine were certainly to blame. Is this a situation, though, where investors are positioned ahead of the news, they're anticipating an invasion, and if an invasion happens, they're already, they already know where to go and where to get out of? Well, let's break into two parts. In the stock market, that could be the case if it's quick and and uh, uh, regardless of what you morally think in the strategic uh, loss to the West and the United States, if it's a quick invasion and successful, uh, the markets will 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 move on from it and 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 reprice and act with the with the with the new world order. Uh, if it's sustained, it's not priced into the market uh, because it could uh, it could spill over into other NATO countries, uh, uh, etc. Now, in the um, in the bond market, the bond market has priced in uh, uh, seven to eight uh, uh, interest rate increases with a terminal rate no higher than two and a half percent. If if that happens, if we get that or less, we're okay in the bond market. If it looks like the Fed has to go further than that, then it's not priced into the bond market. Thanks for joining us. Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Coming up next, the tension involving Russia and Ukraine, leading to concern over wider attacks by Moscow on the infrastructure of Western countries. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The concern over an invasion of Ukraine by Russia also includes worry about potential cyber attacks, which could also target nations supporting Ukraine. Let's get the latest from Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout and author of the book Swiped, based in Phoenix, Arizona. Adam, thank you for joining us today. The the shadow war that is going on between all powers, it would seem, is uh, the ability by each nation to disrupt the other's infrastructure, whether it's pipelines, whether 
whether it's electrical grids. And uh, if, if you're a hacker or if you're part of an electronic army, there are so many vulnerable points along the way that just takes just one, only one can be exploited to cause a real big problem. Oh, absolutely. If you get the right component of the of the grid or the critical infrastructure, you can you can certainly bring down financial networks, you can shut the lights, you can shut down communication systems. You can imagine if uh, the equivalent of the FAA is shut down in terms of uh, flight control. So there's a and also we have smart systems in cities. Imagine shutting down all the traffic lights in a city and having chaos on the streets. So all of these things can happen. And the, the, this is an, an ongoing concern. We've already heard uh, reports from inside Ukraine about uh, various uh, uh, institutions, various pieces of infrastructure being disrupted by coordinated cyber attacks. What does a cyber attack look like, though? Is it uh, a hacker in some far off land uh, breaking into a computer or into a computer system by just defeating all sorts of encryption networks? Or is it simply a matter of the wrong person opening the wrong email? It can be any combination of the above. I mean, we've we've seen it both ways. But we we know that, for instance, the Ukraine got hit again uh, this past week with a denial of service attack. It went and shut down a lot of things, slowed down a lot of things. Um, we know that it, it can happen here. Uh, and, for instance, in the Ukraine, uh, there was a, a, a wiper attack, which meant that uh, that malware was installed in a number of systems. How it got there, one by either by clicking on links or somebody uh, stealing credentials and getting into a system. And, and if they activate that wiper uh, malware, it could it could literally just eliminate data all over the place. I mean, imagine if all of the financial information of an institution just suddenly uh, disappeared. So this is, you know, this is dangerous stuff and nobody really knows what they're going to do. I mean, we've seen the attacks on the Ukraine. We saw back in 2015, they basically knocked the Ukraine out for almost a day. Uh, and it can be more serious in the U.S. We know that hackers have been crawling around in critical infrastructure. So nobody knows whether they're going to just focus on the Ukraine or also, as they're doing that, possibly launch some cyber attacks against the United States in order to put us on the defensive. Uh, but then again, we have to remember that the U.S. has one of the finest offensive uh, cyber attack capabilities in the world. So, you know, it'll be interesting and uh, to see how this whole thing unfolds. But it's, it's kind of a, an unsettling time. And when it comes to uh, cyber attacks, it's very important to differentiate between state and non-state actors because you do have criminal organizations staging cyber attacks. And how do you respond to a criminal attack versus a, a state-sanctioned uh, attack? It's it's a whole world of difference between the two. Well, it's it's definitely a difference, but the the lines are blurring these days because uh, uh, many states uh, are are actually now using. Uh, criminal organizations as well, so that it's sometimes a kind of a, a thin or vague line between the two. But the important thing to remember is, in addition to the government protecting what it needs to protect in this country, each and every one of us has to do our part, and businesses in particular, to make sure that they are alert as possible, that they are uh, exercising true cyber hygiene, security protocols, 
monitoring their systems and and having plans in place that in the event they do get hit, that they can get themselves back up and running as fast as possible, including very robust backup systems for their data. Thanks for joining us, Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout and author of the book Swiped, based in Phoenix, Arizona. The precarious situation in Ukraine and its significant ties to the Chicago area is featured in our latest edition of the WBBM In-Death podcast. You'll find our expanded coverage on the Odyssey app or by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday, and helping us out this afternoon is Matt Matigan, CEO of Blue World Asset Managers based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, You have two stocks today that you would describe as defensive positions. Uh, Explain that before we go into the uh, specific companies you're talking about. Well, over time, I've talked a lot about getting the defense on the field during periods of volatility, and that can mean a variety of vehicles outside of just equities. But when choosing defensive stocks, uh, we have three basic qualities that we look for as a starting point to consider a company further uh, expressly for the defensive posture. And this is obviously extremely topical right now. Uh, the markets have been getting beat up a little bit. You can get dizzy trying to keep up with uh, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. So uh, this, as well as demystifying shorting of the markets, which Andy and I will be talking about tomorrow on the podcast. So I hope everybody jumps in on that. Uh, But essentially, that's what we're talking about doing is at times of volatility, where do you move money to blunt the force of a, a drop in the market? And yes, everyone should check out Gains with Andy Gersher, the podcast hosted by Andy Gersher, the Noon Business Hour producer on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Your first stock pick, though, of the day, Matt, is uh, up the road in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, up uh, I-94, a big employer there. Yeah, Uh, we we choose these defensive components based on them being uh, a component of a major or benefiting sector index that's already off its highs. We want to see that it has convincingly outperformed its index for at least a year, and we'd like to see at least half a percent yield. Now, Johnson Controls International is probably a lesser-known S&P 500 component that satisfies those metrics right now and trades under JCI. Uh, The company is in building products, energy infrastructure, next-gen transportation. Uh, They do a lot of smart buildings, energy storage, HVAC, to name a few of their services and products. So in addition to the stated criteria, they supply in-demand products and services, and they're well-positioned to enhance performance once these supply chain pressures ease. And then your next one, uh, pretty obvious, oil ETFs. Yeah, the last time I brought these up, it was strictly for capital appreciation potential. But I don't think we can talk about defense right now without some exposure to oil. So three of the top oil ETFs include BNO, USO, and OIL. They all perform just about in lockstep from a percentage point of view. But that said, oil and BNO are less expensive. They're in the 20s, while USO is in the 60s. I tend to lean toward USO, even though it's a little more expensive. 
because it has the highest liquidity and the lowest expense ratio of those three popular oil ETFs. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Matt Matigan, CEO, Blue World Asset Managers, based in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.